Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's safety chat. Hi, this is Nick with the Portage County Safety Council and the Ohio Bureau of Workers' Compensation. And I'm here with Mike Thompson from Portage County Safety Council. How's it going, Nick? It's going good. How are you today? Good. You know, I'm really excited. We're always looking to do new things through the Safety Council and to provide you, the listeners, with good information about how to improve safety. And one of those ways that we've recently launched was a survey related to workers and why they work safe. So can you talk a little bit about that survey and those survey results, Mike? Yeah, Nick, we were kind of inspired by Simon Sinek's Start With Why. If you're familiar with it's a TED Talk, you could look it up. There's a link in the employer toolkit you could check out. And so the main thing is why we always step in. I see this in social services. You know, I work with homeless people. I'm on these committees a lot of times and someone from a bank will be on the committee with good intentions to help them. They'll say, you know, if I was homeless, what would I want to do? And it's like, well, you're not. You never lived through it. So, So there's good information that could come from that, but there is a separation. So let's ask our members. Let's ask the employees. What is the reason why? And we found some pretty interesting stuff, especially when you consider it to the safety message we normally hear at companies compared to what they say actually motivates them. So out of the survey, Nick, we asked them, what is your primary motivation for staying safe at work? Okay. And then we said, check all that apply. So they had more than one option here. We listed a handful of options and we did put another category so they could just throw anything and put in their own words and say whatever they wanted. The crazy thing was, it's different than our typical safety message. 67%, the thing that was checked the most is coworkers, to make sure my coworkers make it home the same way they came. Now, I would expect it would be so I made it home. Yeah. But so it that's, wasn't. That's kind of a different approach because we're always focused on you, but really there's another outside driving factor. Right. And the second and third thing, they both tied at 63% said the number one issue is, for one, me. That's where me came in, to make sure that I go the same way I came, which is very important, obviously. But the other thing is for other things that we love, family, spouses, kids, siblings. It was relational. It's a social relational-based motivation, 63%. Now, if you go down the very next thing, that was the only thing close to these three, is actually so I can enjoy the things I love outside of work, like hobby, sports, fishing, traveling, etc. that I could have a whole holistic lifestyle outside of work. That's their motivation for working safe. So the motivation isn't to have better product. The motivation isn't to save the company money. Right. The motivation isn't for a bonus check at the end of the day. It's not even for the steak dinner. It's really to make sure my coworker, myself, and my spouse are able to leave work and spend time together. So let's let's continue these results because it's gonna I'm gonna prove what you're saying. Only twenty one percent said their primary motivation is to keep their employer's costs down. Now Safety council, we have safety managers, HR managers, supervisors, frontline employees. It's a pretty diverse mix. When we did the survey with Ving, when Tony DeSantis did it, it was literally 30% HR, 30% safety managers, and a whole bunch of small little things, a lot of quality people and different things. Right. So I'm guessing the 21% probably are going to be in a supervisor role right. because that's the pressure they have is to keep the numbers down. And that's, that's just their normal thought process. So when you go even further down... Because I'm thinking about manufacturing facilities that I worked in the past and warehouses. There was always the threat of getting fired. Is that a primary motivation? Not according to our members. Only 8% said their primary motivation to stay safe is not to get fired. So if we took that information just at a very high level overview and looked at that, that's telling me if I walk up to an employee on the production floor and I say, you need to wear your safety glasses or you're going to be fired. 
it doesn't have as much effect as if I was to say something like, you need to wear your safety glasses because you want to be able to see your spouse at the end of the day, or you want to see your kids, or you want to be able to see TV, something that affects you personally. And other researchers still outside the survey, that helps in the moment. It's almost like spanking and discipline your kids. It works temporarily, but the behavior doesn't shift. So you'll notice you'll have to keep going back and threatening and threatening and threatening and threatening and threatening rather than helping them process a why they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, if that makes sense. So th- here's another one. Only 4% said, so I don't get written up or in trouble. Disciplinary action, again, being a safety cop doesn't get you. Here's one that a lot of people are probably going to disagree with. Every time we hear safety counsel, we hear, I, I tell my guys we're going to give a steak dinner, and they seem to like that. Yeah, they're going to like that. They're I mean, gonna, who doesn't like free steak, right? right? Who doesn't like steak? Who doesn't like... Well, we're going to have a company picnic or a pizza party. Who doesn't like that? But it's not a primary motivation. So if there is motivation that's coming from that, it's going to be temporary. Long-term wise, research shows it's ineffective. And here it didn't even register. Not one person said their primary motivation to stay safe had anything to do with the safety contest to win a prize in the, the year, anything. It didn't even register. So we're spending all this money on prizes and stirring people up and it may get them fired up for a meeting, but really... For motivating them to be safe, it does very, very little, right? So just some interesting stuff. So the crazy part about this is think about all of our safety communications. When I go to a facility, I'll see 120 days since our last time loss accident. That's fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, we should celebrate that. You know, it's it's great that we're doing that, but that doesn't seem to be a driver for us. What about the safety poster? Safety first, the guy with the hard hat pointing his finger at you. Is that motivating, Nick? It's not motivating to me. And it's probably not motivating the many people according to the survey. It's not a bad message, but no one connects with that. I've been in some of the most unsafe places where people were in safety t-shirts, but they're whipping around the tow motor like a bat out of hell, almost taking everybody out with them. <laughs> right. So, so so there's a disconnect between the message and really what actually motivates people. So what should the message be? What are we finding from this? So from this survey, this survey tells me that when we communicate safety, we should back off employer-based incentives, which is keeping our costs low, days since last time off, all these things. Those are important things, but those are more incentives for the employer or the manager, but you can discuss those things. But when you're in toolbox talks, your employees don't care about that. It's not that they don't care at all. Let me give you a different example. I went to a mayoral debate a few months ago. Okay, There's three guys running for mayor. They're debating this. And I noticed something in this. I have a marketing degree. I'm in the safety council. So I pay attention a little bit different than the average listener. Right. I notice when they start arguing over budget numbers and throwing out, we have $2 million in this fund and this fund, fund, no one knew what the heck they were talking about. They all sounded like they were right and they all sounded smart because no one's in there. No one in the audience is on city council. Right. They're not connecting with the mess at all. And they're trying to decide who they trust the more based off something they don't know. But when I heard some of the candidates start to cast vision, and start to say, I want to build this downtown area. I want to do A, B, and C. Or they were doing a fire levy and they showed a building. People went in uproar. They started applauding and cheering because that's something real, concrete, and tangible that they could see. There's a direct correlation to themselves. Yes, not just numbers. So there's a huge disconnect when we communicate safety. Yes, they're important, especially to managers. But when we're talking about frontline employees, their number one concern is, for one, I don't want to hurt someone else. I was kind of surprised about that. Right. Because I thought it'd be self-centered. The second thing is I want to go home safe. But even more than that, I want them to be safe and I want to come back. I had one lady actually posted on there in the comment box, my daughter and husband depend on me. So I work safe so I can go home for them because how would they do life without me? And that really hits the heart. 
It does. Yeah. I mean, that's powerful. And, and when you look at today's society, that's not the response that you would typically expect. It seems, you know, I often hear people talking about the me generation. It's all about me. It's all about me. But we're finding really, yeah, it's about me, but it's also about the people around me. It's about the family. And the family is a loose term, right? It's right. not just who you have a blood relation to. It's the people that you work with become part of your family, your neighbors. That's all part of what I call the family. And that has a direct impact on why you work safely then. So I have a master's degree in marketing. And it's been quite a few years since I got that degree. Right. But I Googled emotional marketing about a week ago before recording for we are developing employer toolkit. So I was doing some research for it. There was 166 million related articles and links to emotional marketing. Science for decades and marketing research has proven the most effective marketing campaigns. And we, we just did an entire podcast on selling safety, how right. it's important, and it's always a sales thing. So the most effective marketing or advertising appeals to emotions alone. Now, this is going to mess up the numbers, guys, but it's actually more effective than if you use facts or reason or a combination of emotional appeal and facts and reason. Think about that in a safety context. If we're selling safety, we're selling compliance, what's the most effective way to communicate? Well, what's hitting their heart and motivating the most? This is people. This survey says our members are primarily motivated by making sure coworkers themselves go home safe to the families and they can do the things they love outside of work. Why are all of our message based on numbers? Because it's important to the employer. But is our managers our audience? If managers are our audience, let's pound those numbers because that's their motivation. But if we're right. talking to frontline employees, like, dude, I just want to go home to my wife. I'm going to go home safe. I'm going to go home to my husband safe. And so our communication, I believe, is completely missing the mark. So that brings us up to the campaign. You know, I'm excited about this because when you pitched the idea, it was good and I was excited about it to initially start. But it's like any campaign, how well is it going to work out? Then we did the survey and that really solidified what you want to do with this campaign. Right. So we thought, Nick, hey, if the survey is showing people are motivated by social relationship type things and just doing life and having a good life. Why are we focused on these other things? So as we articulate, we thought this is such a big shift for safety people because they're so used to that safety box, which we just did a podcast about. Listen to that one. That'll give you an idea of what we're talking about to kind of open you up to some different ideas. So when we're looking at this, it's saying, how am I as an employer? How can I transition from this numbers thing that I care about into something they care about? So what we decided to do as a safety council is we're going to put together an employer toolkit. We're going to put together campaign resources based off this. And we're calling this why I stay safe. And so the whole campaign is centered around not what you're motivated by manager, not what you're motivated by CEO, not what I'm motivated by as a safety council manager, but what are your employees motivated by? So why do I stay safe from the employee's viewpoint? Right. And so we found out there are a couple members that are doing this. Okay. Davy Tree, for example, they ask all their employees to bring a picture of their reason why they stay safe. And it's usually pets, family members, all these different things. They give every one of their employees, I would call it, I don't know what it's called, but I would call it a photo wallet. It's got a little strap on it. It's got a little spot that you could slip in there. And it, they don't use why stay safe, but it's something similar. And they have their employees wear that every day as a reminder. Think about your wife, your kids, and you see that picture. Every day you go out to cut a tree down, I want you to look at that first. Yeah. As a reminder, that's more powerful than just another checkbox safety toolbox talk. You know, when I worked for the county, though, it's very similar to what one of the pieces I used was I wanted to employees and they didn't have to share with anybody uh, what the what the item was. 
But why do you want to go home at the end of the night? It could be your wife, it could be a kid, it could be your motorcycle, it could be a bash boat. I don't care which one it is, but you identify that and you kept that with you. And when you did something that maybe was unsafe or we were talking about safety, I would always tell people, pull that picture out and take a look at it. Was that decision worth it in the end? And I think that has a direct impact on people. Absolutely. Hesperant Solutions, Twyla Watson is one of the HR managers there on our steering committee. Yep. Thank you, Twyla. She emailed me a copy or a link to the newsletter, which what they started doing as a result of this already is they include it in their company newsletter, their employee newsletter, electronic. They may print it as well. I'm not sure. But they have a section in there, why I stay safe. They take employee a month, ask them why they stay safe, and they take their picture and they put it in a newsletter and they begin to tell their why. And so now you get to see, let's say his name's Bob. You see Bob and Bob talks about his wife and kids. Can you relate to having a heart issue with wife and kids and you want to stay safe? So even the people that read it start to make a heart connection every month, even though it's a different person. And the reason may differ slightly, but it hits another heartstring as a constant reminder. And it's not the same person. It's not like a toolbox talk that you just kind of get complacent because you've heard it over and over again. Right. It's a fresh perspective. I'd also recommend incorporating this, speaking of toolbox talks, into your toolbox talks. I would have people come in and say, hey, guys, each one of you, I want you to bring home a picture of your family or a picture of why you stay safe and come explain it to the rest of our group. There are tons of mechanical stuff that we do, lockout tech, all these different things. But let's start incorporating, at least occasionally, some of these why I stay safe type motivators. Have them come in. This is my wife, Betty. This is why I stay safe, blah, blah, blah. Let them tell their story. And what that does is your employees now begin to actually bond as a team better and they're connecting safety to something that's relevant to them, not another number so the manager can get a bonus. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And so now we take this safety campaign and make it personal. That has better engagement from our survey results of your employees. So why I say safe is the big campaign that we're pushing. Right. And here's some practical things. We're going to put a page on our website. So if you go to porchcountysafetycouncil.wordpress.com, we have a tab called Member Resources. You go right into that. It's going to have its own page. So you're going to go to that page. There's going to be a link to an employer pledge. We're encouraging all of our members and even people outside the Portage County Safety Council to sign the employer pledge real quick, who you are, just email address so we can contact you. If you want to add to a mailing list, you can. You don't have to. And then also we'll ask you just a quick question. How do you plan on implementing this campaign at your work site? And we're going to give them some tools to help with implementing that. Absolutely. We've developed an employer toolkit. I call it the Why Stay Safe Employer Toolkit where we actually show all the survey results. So if you need to sell it to a plant manager, whatever it is to go down the channels, you have all the information from the survey to back it up. We put some links in there of what OSHA and Niash had to say about a couple things and also a TED Talk that helps with why you want to start with why by Simon Sinek that kind of inspired this whole thing. And also we have some ideas in there. Some of those ideas are going to be set up a bulletin board. We're going to be distributing at our monthly meeting Why Stay Safe campaign posters. Take one of those posters put it up on a bulletin board, encourage all your employees to come up and take pictures of their friends and family and start to hang it out on the bulletin board. Why stay safe? You could do something like that. You could do what Twyla did. Put it in the company newsletter, printed, electronic, it doesn't matter. Put it on your website. Start promoting this on your company social media pages. Right. And that brings up another thing. We're encouraging our members to actually go on social media, take their personal pictures and hashtag why I stay safe. So we really want them to hold a picture of why they stay safe and of themselves. Take a picture of it and hashtag it, why I stay safe. We want to see those pop up on Facebook, on Twitter, and even on LinkedIn. We want to create a wave of this 
because we want people to start to recognize safety is more than just numbers in the facility. We want it to be part of your culture and realize it is a very personal piece too. So ask your employees to go on social media and put this on there, to hashtag it. You as a company, take these newsletter, these things, maybe do a screenshot, whatever it is, post it on there, hashtag why I stay safe. This isn't about us. It's not just about trending something cool. It's about let's start a movement together. Let's start to shift safety focus. It's not taking anything away from the mechanical side and the procedural side. Very important. What it does, it just adds a heart connection that help complement that side that literally hits the heartstrings to help motivate your employees to actually participate and it will help them engage in your safety message. You know, I'm really excited about this and I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out on social media with this process. Yeah. One last thing. If you're listening to this, it may or may not get you fired up. It gets me fired up. If you're saying, Mike, I see this every day. There's a disconnect between our safety message. Start implementing the Why Stay Safe campaign. It doesn't have to look like Twilight. It doesn't have to look like David Jury. Just start taking these ideas. How can I implement it? Whether it's a newsletter, a bulletin board, promote it on your social media page. Encourage your employees to get involved and see what begins to stick, what begins to unfold. And start to realize, hey, numbers are great for managers. People don't really connect with them. Begin to shift that in there to really make it personal and really start to develop that safety culture that you talk about, Nick. And that's really going to help you develop a strong safety culture and really move the needle on your program on the numbers down the road. But the focus needs to be now on the people and why I stay safe. So on the website, Nick, we're going to have an electronic copy of that poster. So if you want to copy that, you can go then download it and print that yourself. If you want a printed copy, come to our monthly lunch and we'll, we'll be distributing those in October. And also sign that employer pledge, give us some information, and then we'll throw some campaign tools out to you if you decide to sign up for that campaign email. If not, that's great. And also check out the employer toolkit, free resource we put together. There's a PDF available on our website. Click on it, get some ideas, get the info, especially if you want to go over some survey results. There's other survey results we talked about in other podcasts. That is covered in the toolkit that we're not going to talk about here for time's sake, but check those out. It's a great reference and resource. All right, Mike, I'm really excited for this campaign. I can't wait for the October kickoff. Can't wait to see companies involved in this. And I look forward to seeing everyone's photos out there. The hashtag why I stay safe. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more episodes, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbeam, or Stitcher. To get new episodes sent directly to your phone or smart device, be sure to subscribe. To learn more about how your company can earn up to a 4% Ohio BWC premium rebate by becoming an active member of the Portage County Safety Council, please visit our website at www.portagecountysafetycouncil.wordpress.com. The preceding information is for entertainment purposes only. Views expressed may not reflect the views of any affiliated or sponsoring individuals or organizations. Listeners should carefully weigh information provided and seek advice from an appropriate professional before implementing. Listener discretion is advised.